just couldn't sit Schlitz irreplaceable? Taste it. This is the most carefully brewed beer in the world. It takes 1,174 careful steps to create that special taste. If you like it light with a big taste too, there's only one brew that will do when you're out of Schlitz. Not a chance. You're out of beer, real gusto in the great light beer Schlitz. A beer that made Milwaukee famous. This podcast sponsored by Schlitz. And we're back uh, with another uh, podcast for Blood and Black Rum. Um, this is Ryan from the TheMoonIsDeadWorld.net, and I'm here with my my best friend, Chris Martin. Hey. We are drinking Schlitz today. We are. And you might think that maybe maybe we're like the podcast, the, the, uh, the Pabst crew, the, uh, the people that uh, really are are hipsters and, and are trying to bring back the uh, the older styles of, of lager. But uh, really, we're drinking Schlitz today because, first of all, Martin felt that it, he was obligated to buy a beer when he was in the last, in his, uh, in the uh, liquor store that he was in uh, previously. Uh, so, so that was part of the reason why he picked up a Schlitz. Uh, and the other, and the other reason was uh, because we, we, today, we, we watched My Bloody Valentine, the 1981 version of it. Mm. And, um, Many of you might not have caught the reference to it, but there is a Schlitz uh, uh, sighting within the film. A few. Um, it happens most specifically at the 42-minute mark, and we took careful notes of that <laughs> because we were looking for uh, to see what kind of beers they were drinking. Because before that, all it was was Moosehead. Yes, Moosehead is a big part, big, big, big part uh, of, uh, of My Bloody Valentine, and, and I particularly, I think they were... In some small part, sponsored by them. I, I, I you know, something. So, there was a deal there. Let's had, just had, say had, had to be had to, had to have been a deal had, there. They had moosehead lights everywhere, moosehead cases everywhere, moosehead bottles, and that's why I was kind of like stupefied when like the scene of them all like drinking at the party, and they had the well, set. Really they, they had uh, moosehead, and then they had some schlitz, and they had some oh, like maybe one or two buds, but it's mainly Moosehead and Schlitz, and it's like, oh, hey! Yeah, no, well, we'll get into this later. We'll get into, we'll, we'll talk about that later. First, I want to start with, out with, uh, I apologize that we're a little late on our My Bloody Valentine po- uh, podcast episode. Uh, we talked about it in the last podcast episode when we did um, the Grand Budapest Hotel, which many of you did not listen to. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the stats are in. You were not interested in Wes Anderson. Um, but I joke, I joke. Um, but, but really, um, we are late on this episode of, uh, the Blood and Black Rum podcast. It's not that late. It's two days late, man. Who gives a shit? I give a shit. I want to be on time. You are, I feel like I you feel like are doing punctu- a disservice by you not are, being punctual. You are being a punctual piece. Yes, I am. I, I think it's I think it's important, you know, to to actually be around the holiday rather than you know missing out on it. It is still around. But the it is, okay. All right. I, I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. It is still around the holiday. Maybe some people. My anniversary, uh, not my wedding anniversary, but Sarah and my uh, my dating anniversary was just yesterday. So. We're still within the the era of romance, I, I would say. So you're right. You're right. We're we're right around uh, Valentine's Day. But anyway, we're late on it because Martin got a PS4. 
Yeah. And that's been taking up a lot of his time. And so last week I asked him, do you want a podcast tonight? And uh, he's on the PS4. I'm on the PS4. And he says, oh, well, I don't know. And then we ended up not doing it because he was busy with Grand Theft Auto V. Again. Again. He's already played it. He's already done the online stuff. He's already but there's done more, all the there's more to story do on, mode. There's more, much more to do online now. Yeah. And well, now they have 30 people lobbies instead of 15. And, and you, yeah, I mean, and, you finally upgraded to the, the generate... The, to, well, yeah, just it's be, technically called next gen. I know, but it's still... But it's really this gen because obviously they're... Really, I mean, if you've seen... I think, I think as long as the 360 is still rolling out, which is, might be forever, because nobody... If anybody who still has a 360 and they're thinking about upgrading, most people are like, I'll get a PS4 instead of an Xbox One, because the the One's had such bad press since, like, the launch date, when they're like, the price, and you gotta have it online all the time, and you gotta do this and that, you know, like, pissed everybody yeah, they off. they didn't do a good job with their press, but I, I think that either one is probably a good choice at this point. Really... Xbox One for backwards compatibility, but they don't Except have it. You're still not going to get the, the games that you want, like Red Dead. Well, like I said, I told I told you this before. Rockstar won't do it. it has nothing to do with Microsoft. I'm sure yeah. if Microsoft could, they would. They yeah, would. They would. They'd make a bunch Rockstar's of got no. You know, yeah. No. But which I which to be fair, I don't blame them. I mean, as much as I love Red Dead, I would love to see it, like you know like an upgraded version for the PS4 mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the Xbox One, like. They're, apparently, right now, they're still focusing all the resources on, like, tweaking GTA Online. and mm. Yeah. You know, the way that's still running and going, they could run that for years before they even bother coming out with the new GTA. But, I mean, I I am more interested in um, having a new Red Dead, really. Because GTA Five didn't... Uh, yeah, it was okay, but it didn't really do that much for me. I think I just prefer the atmosphere of Red Dead. So. Well, I, I, I agree. I, like, Red Dead's one of my top three favorite mm. games of all time. But, um, I would say we had the most fun playing that online. I mean, I, for hours and hours yeah. and hours just no, playing it online. It was it was awesome, but to be honest with you, I almost don't ever want to see another Red Dead because I just don't want it. It would taint it, maybe? Yeah, like, I, I, I like the fact that, like, it's been there, it's gone, and I can kind of live with the memory. I don't want them to, like, Ubisoft, which Rockstar would never do, but, like, Ubisoft no. and, like, crank out, you know, a fucking sequel year after year. Yeah, after I year. can't see Rockstar doing that. They're, they're too... You know, focused on well, the now. Well, no, I I know because I was talking to our, our friend John about it. Like, he was saying how like Gearbox is his favorite publisher because it's like in kind of indie, but they're not really indie, but they're like still doing creative new things. I said like, like well, I think Rockstar's my favorite publisher because they're really good and they always take the time to make sure things are good. Like GTA Five got pushed back like a bunch of times because they weren't going to release it until it was like a perfect product. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know. Um, Rockstar's okay, but, like, they're kind of, like, the man in the game. So, like, yeah, but, like, it's not, like, technically a bad thing. Like, they're not the man in the sense of EA where they're, like, fucking you every year, like, on their stuff. And, like, hey, like, SimCity came out. You want to play SimCity? Gotta have online all the time if you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Which you didn't even really need. Like, Rockstar doesn't do that kind of crap. Like, they're constantly releasing, like, free DLC for GTA, constantly updating it, making sure their games are as polished as hell, and, like, you know, I don't care that, like, in that sense, like, who cares that they're the man? They're, like, they're making sure they're putting out, like, quality products every year, so. Like, they do. Yeah, they do. Well, we're not here to talk about video games, though. That's a different podcast. We could we could make another podcast about that. We could definitely do that. Yeah. But, talk, but about, talk about our Sonic runs and, well, my Sonic runs. But I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't do runs. That's, 
That's <laughs> way too much for me. But too, too, too much to do a speed run? I definitely think so. You can I, do a speed run with Fallout 4. So I, I've seen people do speed runs of like Fallout and stuff. That like that to me, like I I mean I imagine people who do those speed runs. Um you know, they, they, like, they, 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 No, but I mean, like, I imagine they've already beat it, so they already know everything. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. But even, but even still, I would never want to do a speedrun of, like, Fallout, even if I played it a thousand times, because it's, like, part of the fun of playing Fallout is, like, just wandering yeah. for hours well, on end. Like I said, that's got to feel like work. I mean, it's you got to really be memorizing routes and memorizing, and especially, like, glitch runs. You know what I mean? Those are, like, memorizing the exact glitch that you can use to glitch through buildings and shit. That's like work. Well, that's, that, that to me is not fun. That's, no, it's not. I, 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 I want to find it fun. Like, no. I, like with G, going back to GTA 5, like, like, oh, in this heist, it's easy to like, get like, you know, to the end by like doing this glitch. And it's like, well, that defeats the purpose of doing the fucking heist. Like, yeah, it makes yeah. it a lot easier, but like the fun is like the challenge of actually doing it and trying to do it. Yeah. Granted, I, like after 50 times maybe trying it and you got a shitty crew and they can't do it and people keep leaving, like, all right, let's just fucking do the glitch and like so get my money, but overall, I, like, I've never, I've never had, like, same thing like, like all the cheat codes, like when, you know, back in the day, for you youngins who don't know what cheat codes are, when, like, you know, playing GTA with like, on like Vice City or San Andreas with the cheat codes, I never really had any interest in it because it's like, no, I want to work up and like earn like the, all the weapons or like. All that kind of stuff. It just never appealed to me. Well, we kind of gotten off topic again. Mm-hmm. So happens a lot. I know. I'm gonna pull us back in. I'm gonna rein us in. I'm gonna get things going here. And by get things going, I'm not talking about talking about my bloody Valentine. I'm talking about let's talk about our beer. Because yeah, you already mentioned. I mean, we gotta do the beer talk. We, I, I was saying that we need that. I was listening to another podcast that my wife listens to, and she has like this outro music. She's got this intro music. Well, They've got this little jazzy. Well, most most po- most music. professional podcasts do. So maybe like when we get, I know we gotta work uh, on. I gotta work on that. I gotta work on like doing some synth noise tracks. You know, you know, like like horror movie like plotting drone tracks. <laughs> That sounds more like a Hans Zimmer. Uh, You're talking through my intro. <laughs> we got to get something like that. We got to do, and, and then we got to have you know someone like who does like the theatrical uh, voiceovers, being like, "We're back with Blood and Black, Blood and Black from beautiful upstate New York." No one would say it was beautiful today. <laughs> Today was an overcast shit day. I mean, yeah, that would be a perfect for filming my bloody Valentine. Yeah. Well, it's better than yesterday was. It, yeah, yesterday was cold. It's been cold here. It's been cold. Winter is finally. No arrived. one wants to come here. People from Alaska are like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna avoid, you know, upstate New York right now because it's fucking cold. Uh, people in Fargo are like, let's go film there. It looks fucking cold. <laughs> I think I think it's more like oh hey that's cool feel me yeah. oh, okay yeah well I can't I can't do that I, <laughs> I just don't have that accent ability but oh welcome welcome to Adirondacks eh yeah this oh your buddy in the wood chipper eh but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but anyway speaking of Schlitz um like we like we said before you picked up Schlitz because they had it at a local 
uh, it's the beer only store. It's the only uh, out of the thirty thousand beer places around here. It's the only uh, place that's Carrie Schlitz. You which, were actually looking for Jenny Bach. I was because I, I as an like like an alcoholic, I've been carefully monitoring like Jenny website. <laughs> <laughs> I just see you like having an alert on your phone, like who's got it. Checking it like, <laughs> constantly. I've, I've had like been constantly like going to like the Jenny websites because they have a beer finder on there to tell you like which stores are carrying like certain types of their beer, so you don't have to you know make the trip out and be like oh they don't have it because like well like, for the most part I don't really like going to like a store like that and being like oh what do you want like when you're looking around like oh I'm just looking and then like you look around like shit they don't have it and be like okay bye you know and just walk out. Like an asshole. I, mean, I I definitely do that. I know I you do no, that all no, the time. No, I know you so. do. Like it's diff- like you know, uh, for some reason, like if you go to the mall, it's okay to do that. But like, well, maybe it's different because normally I'm with my wife. You're yeah. alone. You're, yeah. You're, I don't I, like maybe maybe if I was alone, it'd be different. But normally I'm I'm with someone. So like when I'm with someone, I don't really feel obligated to do anything. Well, that, no, that, that is different. If you're yeah. like with somebody, yeah. then you're with somebody. It's easier to like. Ditch yeah, out, just but, get out of there. And it didn't help that I knew the owner, so yeah, yeah, but, that's true too. But I looked online, and this is the closest place from because I was leaving work that day, and I saw like, oh, okay, they have, you know, it says they have it. I will stop there. And I stopped, and I was walking around. And I was looking. And I was like, shit, they don't have it. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch. And I didn't want to play, stop anywhere else. I already had a twelve pack of Jenny Cream at home. And I was like, well, shit, I can't leave here without without buying something because I look like a total fucking asshole. And so, I ended up buying a 12-pack of Schlitz, because he's the only person around that actually sells Schlitz, and he's the, I've actually tried Schlitz before, a year, like, almost a year to the date from buying it at his place, because I was there, like, visiting one day, and I was like, and I saw he had it, and I bought it, I'm like, Schlitz, I'm like, I've been wanting to try this, like, forever, because you can't find it anywhere, like, it's like the same thing, like, if I ever saw, like, a 12-pack of just regular old Milwaukee, I'd buy it on a... Like a heartbeat, just because it's like you don't ever see it around here. And it's actually supposed to be pretty decent for, uh, you know, uh, macro beer. Yep. And so I bought it. It's the first time I've had it in a year, and it's Ryan's first time ever having Schlitz. First time, yep. And it's pretty good. It's it's a decent uh, decent macro lager. Where where would you like rank it? Like, uh, what are we talking on a ranking scale? Like, what, uh, you got you got you got like Bud Miller. Okay, Miller, okay well, definitely okay. over Bud. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's really a Miller High Life. Are you talking Bud or Bud Light? No, like just straight like Miller. straight yeah. Bud. This, is, this, is, well, this, this, really this isn't Schlitz Light. This well, is, yeah, no, but I haven't really had that much heavy Bud. Heavy Bud. I mean, I've had a couple, but I, I don't know if I I you could had, say you had one at the yeah, Yankee game. Yeah, I've had I've had a few. You're right, but I, I don't. Like, even thinking about, like, Heavy Bud, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, but I would say, I definitely would say, from what I remember of it, I would put Schlitz ahead of it. Miller High Life. The Champagne beers. I'd probably put it ahead of it. Coors Banquet. I would put it ahead of Coors Banquet because I don't even like Coors Banquet as much as Coors Light. Yeah, I thought you liked it when we had it. When I, I mean, that, I like it. When I bought that 12-pack yeah, of it, you, good. You, you're good. like, oh, it's better than I thought yeah, it'd be. Yeah, it's been, yeah, but that's what I mean. It's better than I thought it would be, but I think I like even Coors Light more, honestly. Well, I, I'd agree with that, <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Pabst, because Schlitz is now owned and made by Pabst. Slightly different. Honestly, I think I would say I like Pabst more. I think I like Schlitz more than Pabst. Mm-hmm. Okay. And last... 
but certainly not least, uh, Genesee. I think I would need a taste test. I think I would need to do a Schlitz and a Jenny. Like, back-to-back. Back back. See where they lie. And then, I'm not sure. And, and then the last one would be Narragansett, but you haven't had Narragansett. See, I don't think I could answer definitively for Jenny and Schlitz. I, I just feel like I'd be doing a disservice by saying one over the other, and I'm really not sure. Don't know. I'd have to do a taste test. I would. I'd have to do back-to-back, -back, you know, both hands. Yeah. <laughs> and i tell you which one. I'll give you the answer. It's Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Jenny person, so I'm a Jenny guy. Yeah, you're. You, I mean, if they they should hire you as a spokesperson, I would. I they would. should actually advertise on here. I mean, they basically are anyway. I, I would be like <laughs> Jenny, the great. Yeah, out, I know. I know. It's it's the great outdoors in a can. It's delicious. Buy it. I know. Um, no, I, mean, I, I to be honest, with you, I know I do like Schlitz. I think I think it is pretty good actually. Um, would I ever go out of my way, though, to constantly buy it? No, because no. even though it is good... It's, like, hard to find, too. I mean, well, I mean just... besides, even if it was, like, common, it's just... for Because it cost me almost $13 for yeah. a 12-pack. Yeah, it's, it's more expensive. It, I... Probably because it's harder to find, too. I mean, there's a, there's a, you know... I think, well, no, because I the think... The economy pa of... I think Pabst has it, like, priced higher. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a higher Pabst. Like, like this is the Cadillac, where, like, Pabst is, like, you know, the... The Oldsmobile, like kind of like with Bud and Bush. You know, you didn't include Utica Club. It's hard. <laughs> That's a hard question. Well, I haven't had Utica Club. Yeah, it's I, been a while. Dude, I only had Utica Club like once or twice, and I can't really, <clears throat> for for the life of me, really remember like if anything discerning about it. Yeah, but I mean, there's a like there's a lot of Pabst beers that I didn't know were Pabst beers that I do want to try. Like, Rainier beer? Like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of that before. I've never seen it before. I want to try it now. I, I, you know, looking on Untapped, when you type in Schlitz, Pabst comes up first. Pa the original Pabst comes up first. And then all of Pabst beers comes up before Schlitz. So you got, like, Rainier beer, um, Old Milwaukee comes up. They've got a whole lot of, like, what they consider lager, you know, Northern American beers. And I want to try them all. I want to try, you know, what, how different could they be, really? I don't know. But I want to try the Rainier beer. If you, you got one, send it to us. You can get yourself a nice fancy uh, bottle of Paps that's, like, sold in a cork bottle <laughs> like they do in China that's, yep. like, $45. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but, yeah, if you have Schlitz around, I'd say give it a go. It's actually, for a cheap, well, not so cheap. Not I, so cheap. I mean, it, yeah, it's become, it's it's kind of like the, like, more expensive line of cheap beer. Well, I mean, I'd say give it a go. If you like Paps, it's basically Paps except a little bit sweeter. It's got a little bit more of a corny uh, yeah, sweetness to it. And it's got like the old-fashioned can that kind of looks like you would see on like a TV show that's like, just like your generic beer. Like a Jenny can. Except if you watch in My Bloody Valentine when they do show the Schlitz can. They have the it's old actually, school. Actually, it's the old school Schlitz can. It's it's less of a, it's even, I would say it's even simpler than the, yeah, no, the Schlitz can that they have now. Because now the can's white, but it's got red stripes at the top and the bottom. Yeah, it's like The Schlitz logo and then the Schlitz globe on it. Globe, yeah. With like a circle that. Uh, says how many ounces? Twelve ounces. How many ounces the can is? But the old school ones, I, I like a lot. The can it's very sleek. It's just it's a, a thin can. It's a thin can with the the church key, the church key top. 
and it's an all white can, and it just has the Schlitz logo yeah. on it. It's it's like very it's like reminiscent even, of like how slim, a, simpler than what we have now of like how a Jenny can is. Yeah, but so, but next I'll have to get you some. I'll have to tell TJ's to order some uh, Narragansett because you got Narragansett's really good. Mm. For a cheap, like, and you'll read online when they do, like, cheap beer reviews, at Naren Gantz, it's always at the top. That and Jenny Cream Ale. Jenny Cream is good. But. Well, we've uh, gone through a whole 12-pack of Schlitz today. So, yeah. that tells you how much we've, we've had. And we're going to the, before we go on to the movie, we're going to the Saratoga Beer Fest this weekend. We are. So we're going to get to try a whole bunch of. We've, uh, we've been... What is this, like the fourth year now? Fourth year. Out of the five, five years they've been doing it. It's, yeah, fourth year in a row that we've been. We've seen some some uh, crazy things, like a guy throwing up into his fist. I saw that last year. That's been that's haunted my dreams, I'll be honest with you, because it makes it always makes me think, like, shit, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think I ever would be, but it's like, we, seeing him last year, and we've already been three years in a row, it was like, dude... You need to cool it when you're there because it's like you you have three hours of sampling, and you gotta you gotta calm yourself. You gotta you gotta pick the ones that you really want to try because there's well, like, that, well, the, well, like I was gonna say, well I was gonna say because we are veterans now basically yeah. we like we know like kind of like how, like oh we you know we can try this one because we haven't had any of this style of beer or mm-hmm. like you know this brand's beer. But when we were we were there our first year, we were like pigs and shit. Like, like yeah. gotta try everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we would be like, so what was the first one we had? Dogfish Head's ninety minute IPA. Ninety minute IPA. It was like, oh, we've never had that before. It's so really expensive. Normally, let's go get that one. And it's not a good one to start out with. And it's like, wow, that's piney. What's the next one we'll try? Oh, an Imperial Stout. Great. Yeah. yeah. So, then, so I th- I think like with the wisdom of. Being there, kind of knowing more about beer styles and whatnot. Which, by the way, if you've never been to like, because um, they they do the on tap all over America. I didn't know that actually until when I was looking for yeah, the tickets they do this it year. in like the bigger cities and yeah, I didn't know that. So that I imagine it's probably the same process because it's uh, I would say it's the on tap on tap beer fest. Yeah. Um, which they're doing in Saratoga this weekend, but they all, they're also this weekend are doing in Texas too. So I imagine it's kind of, they kind of probably have like the same type of brewers around. Yep. And I don't know if anyone's been to like a fest like this, but when we go, it's like about 30 to 50 different craft brewers and they have either their strongest IPA, a fruity type IPA or some kind of stout. Yeah. So when you're sampling, it's kind of like the hard hitting mix of like, geez, what the hell do I want to try today? Yeah, definitely. And if you, you know, if you've ever been there in, like in our area, at least when when we go to this place in Saratoga, it's always packed. I mean, there's always like probably like 3000 people there and you're, you're in this one small indoor area trying to get around to all these different, yeah, all these different beer uh, breweries. And it, not only is it hard to maneuver, but it's it's almost impossible to get to a fucking water fountain to wash your drink out. There's no so, point. Yeah, there's no point like yeah. being washing. So you're, so you're always getting like remnants of your old brew, and you're you know there's it's 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 a lot of fun. 
but you're also you, it's difficult to like really do a taste test because you're just your palate is getting assaulted. That's all you know. It's like your palate for the for the entire time you're there is getting assaulted with all these like very strong and try and this grapefruit IPA. Try this powering. Try flavors. this smoky porter. Yeah. Try you know yeah. this Pete smoke smoky Pete smoked porter. Jesus Christ, yeah, that that'll <laughs> taint your taste buds for a while. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, like and like Ryan said, it's a lot of fun, but. As, like, a sample, t- and I love going there, and it sucked yeah. last year that I was kind of sick because I didn't yeah, really get to were. fully enjoy yeah. it, but it's, um, it's fun, but, like, don't, like, I wouldn't ever go to, like, something like that these now and expect, like, like a sampling, like, oh, like, try, like, and getting a taste. It's like, just get there, drink what the hell you want, and get, like, yeah. half-cocked. Yeah. Half-cocked. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to get to the bathrooms, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. break the seal. Yeah. Definitely not. All right, we got to get to Mighty Bloody Mountain. We're like twenty five minutes in. We're a quarter of the way through our normal podcast episode, so we got we got to get we got to get somewhere. Damn it, booze is important. I know it is. I know it is, and it's a big part of my Bloody Valentine. But we <laughs> we got to talk about the movie itself too. So this is your first time watching my Bloody Valentine, the nineteen eighty one version. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to start with you. I mean, what what did you think? You've seen well now with my Blood and Black Rum podcast. I've taken you through you know multiple different holiday slasher films, but, I mean, you've, you've seen a few slasher films. Have you seen Friday 13th, the original? Yes. You've seen Halloween? Yes. Now you've seen Silent Night, Deadly Night. You've seen Black Christmas. Uh, you... Have you seen... Uh, that's probably it, right? That's probably it for your slasher film... The main ones. I mean, the major the major films that you've seen for slasher films. I guess, like Chucky and... Okay, Child's Play, but, yeah... yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean for for eighty slasher films, Candyman. Well, that's nineties. Nineties. Uh, so eighty slasher films. That's probably your repertoire. That's that's what you've seen. Yeah. So my bloody Valentine is in addition to that. Uh, in nineteen eighty one, we already would have seen Halloween. We would have seen Friday the Thirteenth, um, and then Friday the Thirteenth would have been escalating. Um, I mean, we would have been getting multiple, the second one, you know, right? the sequels. Yep. So. Uh, tell me what you, what you, what you think about My Bloody Valentine in comparison to, like, the slasher films that you've already seen. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I, to, to be honest with you, if it what and we'll talk about it, I, probably a little bit more in depth later, if it wasn't for the Canadian accents making this film so enjoyable, it, it would just be very, just bland and boring. Okay. I, like, because My Bloody Valentine is considered... For a lot of horror fans to be like a cult classic. Do you think that's because of its Valentine's Day approach? I mean, you've got Halloween, you've got Christmas that have already been covered by slasher films. Now you've got Valentine's Day. It was basically, it was a major trend at the time to just do a, ho- do a holiday. I mean, because first of all, you've got the fun of a slasher film. You've got the fun, especially with Valentine's Day, you're going to have you know, couples going to see a film like such as this, uh, you know, so you've got that scare factor of like, let me hold you close. You know, um, it was a big thing to like take a holiday and make it into a slasher film I mean, because it, yeah. of the attractive, you know, box office. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it already seems like, and as we've said before on the podcast, I'm kind of, when it comes to horror, I'm the layman of the, mm. the genre. I just, it's never something that's really interested me that much. Um, I feel like if 
this it's only been th- two, three years since Halloween, and like a yep. year and a year since Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. And it already feels like it's retreading. Well, yeah, and that's that's you know that's the slasher <laughs> film in the eighties. <laughs> but I mean, but at the same time, the film I'm thinking it was probably film because it came out in eighty one, but. When there's certain things in the film, like the cake, it was say like it's like twenty oh like twenty years ago, and it shows like the cake from nineteen sixty instead of sixty one. So it was obviously filmed in eighty. So it's probably filmed maybe like just a little bit after Friday the Thirteenth got like done wrapping well, up. Yeah, I would say it probably started production. It was released in February of eighty one. So yeah, definitely started in the eighties. I mean, it started in eighty. So I mean, it, it could have been like you know Friday the Thirteenth just like barely like beat it out like production wise but mm-hmm. even still though it feel it already feels like it's there's a shit ton of retreading going on like mm. and I, and I, and I know to sit here and like say like oh the pov shots it's like ripping off halloween and which to like it is to an extent which is the same thing like it's copying psycho but at the same time with those pov shots do they do anything different or new no it's the same like just like Heavy breathing, looking through like the killer's eyes of like just what's going on. Yep. Nothing really interesting about it. Like after you know we've seen it a few times and and just overall the like the kills and the gore. It's just there's nothing like nothing really remarkable about the film. Yeah, and I think that um, I I think a lot of viewers would agree with you that it's has come to have this cult following that really may not be warranted based on what it actually presents as a film. Um, I I agree that I don't, I don't think it's the strongest slasher film that we, you know, that has been come and that has come out of the eighties. Definitely not. Um, And you know, it's, it's hard to say, it's hard to pinpoint where the cult following comes from and, and the reason for it, because you've got so many films from the eighties that do have a cult following with different fans, you know, people, well, did uh, they have like a, like, um, after it came out, like kind of like midnight releases, yeah, or, it's probably, you know, I like, mean, you it, know, like late night showings or at theaters. That definitely. Kind of, I mean, there, I think there's, there's a lot of reasons why certain ones could have resonated with different people. Um, people who grew up, with it, you know, they saw it in theaters and they loved it. Uh, there's the censorship aspect of it that really caused, you know, some some controversy with it, where you have an original cut that left out a lot of the violent content. Then you have the the uncut version, which has you know three more minutes added to it, and then you you eventually have the 99 minute cut, which has just another- only when you think about it, it's only six minutes longer than yeah, uh, basically. I mean, yeah, it, it has. Um, a few more minutes worth of content, maybe not even all of them violent content that was cut, but just deleted scenes that probably weren't necessary. And um, as a, a kind of exposing what we saw, we watched the 93 minute cut, the the one that was, you know, had three minutes of two and a half minutes of extra footage added, which you can definitely tell um, the violent scenes were added later on in the film. Um, because they they lack the quality that the other footage does mm-hmm. have, um, 
And so that's that's what the one that we watched. The you know we we didn't see the ninety nine minute version because that's really still, as far as I know, still only available in you know bootleg copies. An official version of that ninety nine minute film hasn't really been released yet. Besides you know the extended scenes that we see for the ninety three minute version. So, um, but yeah, I I think maybe the controversy could have added to it. But you, you have lots of films that you have that uh, that cult following, and for whatever reason, they've just resonated with the audiences. Um, Grindhouse releasing is now is is putting out the Blu-ray package for their Pieces Blu-ray, which is another slasher film from the eighties. Um, again, that has a huge cult following for whatever reason. You know, because like for me, like watching this film. And, like, not being, like, the biggest fan of slasher films, but I love mm-hmm. Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, Halloween, like this f- film is nowhere near as interesting as mm-hmm. Halloween. And I think part of it has to do with the acting. Even though the acting in Halloween... Sometimes outside, suspect. Outside of Jamie Lee Curtis, for the mm-hmm. most part, is very suspect and hammy. But I think the fact that you have, like, one grounded character and kind mm-hmm. of taking everything, like, seriously... Makes it, you know, that much more interesting. So you can kind of be in the, place yourself in the role of Jamie Lee Curtis in that, that film, like be of being the grounded character while everything else seems kind of out of whack. And this one, everyone's just out, you know, totally yeah. hammy. You, yeah, you say like the teens in this film are like outrageously hammy. Yeah, it, within yeah, and, and not only that, but like the the POV shots to make a comparison. And Halloween seemed a lot more, like, sinister and threatening, like, of Michael stalking Laurie in that film. Mm. Where in this one, it just seems like it's kind of done for the sake of being done to make it seem scary. Like, oh, somebody's watching these characters. But the fact is, that doesn't make it scary because at least in Halloween, you can connect to Laurie Strode. And in this film, I'll be damned if I remember a single person's name outside of one. You can't really tell who the hell the main character in this film is. And so when you have the killer stalking these characters, like, who gives a shit? Yeah. And I think that that's where the disconnect for me comes. It's, okay, it's, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. There's, there is so many different characters, and it, the film doesn't really pinpoint on any one of them. It's really more the party of the Valentine's yeah. Day crew. You know, you've got... You've got TJ, who really, you know, they see he seems like the main character, the, but the he's main not, guy. But he's, but he's not. you're right, he's not because then you've also got the shifted focus to Sarah and her friend <coughs> Axel. Uh, yeah, you got Axel in there, and you're right too about the POV shots because in Halloween they're always very consistent. They're always a consistent POV shot within My Bloody Valentine. I'm just going to throw it out there. This is a spoiler alert, but I mean, this film is from 1981, so you've had like 30 years to see it. Um, and if actual, you're probably, say, if you're probably watch, uh, listening to this, you probably... I, I would hope that you've already seen it. You've taken an interest in it. Axel is our pickaxe murderer. He's our Harry Warden within this film. And in an uh, opening... Sh- well, not an opening shot, but like I would say like 15 minutes into the film, there's a POV shot of us seeing Axel and TJ talking to each other in a car in the junkyard. And so that POV shot is really misused because who's seeing it? It could have been actually, <laughs> maybe it could have been the dead Harry Warden. Right, uh, exactly. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, it's a little misused. It's a little, um, 
misleading for the audience because obviously that that POV shot is attributed to no one really. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, I, I definitely see where you're coming from when you say, you know, My Bloody Valentine is not as consistent as Halloween when it comes to like those POV shots, um, the tension within. Uh, um, you know, th- I think that My Bloody Valentine is very much focused on the, you know, the teen humor that's a part of its film. It's it's a lot about partying. It's a lot about people making stupid decisions. Um, which, which I said, the whole whole plot of this film kind of relies on uh, the cops of this film being totally incompetent and just you know, just idiotic. Yeah. Like, when the one character, um, the one uh, laundromat lady gets killed, I can't remember her name, because, like I said, nobody in this film... Maud. Maud. Nobody's name in this film is either really explicitly said, or if it's said, like, you don't really... You'll never remember it, because, like, who gives it... Again, who gives a shit? The lady who does people's laundry. Yeah. yeah. So Maud, the lady who owns the laundromat, when one of the policemen come in and finds her dead body after she's been killed by uh, supposedly Harry Warden, the minor, he, instead of, like, trying to get back up when she's asked to, he's like, no, I can't let this town become go to hell, like, people being scared, I'll... Everyone says it's a heart attack, and you know if you say anything else, I'll give you trouble. Mm-hmm. Like what a fucking idiot! And the fact that everyone else is like, "Oh, okay, we won't say anything." It's just yeah, it's, it's totally like it's totally it's, idiot. It's a, and, and apparently, because and as which you'll you'll talk about better than I when the one the mayor gets his Valentine's Day gift and just on, on a dime turns yes. He opens his Valentine's Day gift. It's, he thinks it's a box of chocolates. Not only is he does he love chocolates, but Valentine's Day chocolates are his favorite. Not just not Christmas, not Christmas chocolates, but Valentine's Day chocolates because oh, well, there's well. a difference between. Well, them. I mean, you can get a coconut and a, a coconut cream and yeah, a, you can a Valentine's a Day. But if it's Christmas, you can get just fucking Andy's. Yeah, you get Andy's mints. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he opens his uh, his chocolate box. And he finds a heart, and I mean, literally, there's no there's no reaction to the heart itself. I mean, we can't yeah. say that he's horrified to see the heart he's specifically. Just like, he's just like my dad. He, he kind of he kind of pulls a Donald Pleasance <laughs> if Donald Pleasance was like a two bit actor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, and, and kind of just immediately um, deduces this can't be happening again. Um. <laughs> Just kind of, you know, flips out on on it on a dime there. Um, yeah, it's a great moment. I mean, it's I mean, it, I mean, it's funny for the camp factor because he opens it up. And he's like, "Oh my god, there's a heart!" No, instead, and the, he's driving with the cop, and he's like, instead of being like, "Oh god, there's a heart in my chocolate box," he's like, "My god, this is happening all over again." The cop's like, "What?" He's like, "20 years ago." And yeah. Like, and you have an instant flashback to like what would lead the supposed killer to his rampage and it's just like well that came out of nowhere that's just you know, straight out of left field i think we're, <laughs> one of your um your your problems with my bloody valentine is that everybody is stupid in it yeah it's a, it's a dumb plot altogether because if we take a look at what makes up the 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 story of my bloody valentine we have Harry Warden, who was a minor 20 years ago in the town of Valentine's Bluffs. In Canada. 
it, 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 well, unspokenly Canada. <laughs> it's, oh, it's spokenly Canadian. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But um, so we we have Harry Warden. He's a miner. It's a big mining town. Um, <laughs> it's a big mining town. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, Harry Warden who, there's a methane explosion while he's down there. There's a Valentine's Day party happening above above ground. And in the center of town. In the center of town. And Harry Warden is left for six weeks to fend for himself to uh, somehow survive underneath the ground by eating his former uh, associates. Which is, makes no sense, because if he's buried under the rubble, how is he reaching out to... Yeah, he's, he's buried, but he has a pocket of... of an area where he can move. So so he's left to fend for himself while the other miners try to dig him out. Okay, so we've got that. We've, we've established that, that backstory for Harry Warden. Harry Warden went crazy. Because you're going to go crazy when you know you had to eat the rest people. of your people that you used to work with. You're going to go crazy. You're, gonna, you're not going to be like, well, I can see why I had to do that. Well, do you have any 81? And let's face it, in 81, people weren't really skilled in psychological, uh, you know, walkthroughs, you know, they, they, they weren't saying... Well, even, even worse in 1960 when he got sent to the insane asylum, like, oh, he likes to read? Send him to the asylum. He's obviously losing. She's a woman? Send her to the asylum. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Well, no, wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been back then, like, sanatorium instead of asylum? Like, sh- yeah. send him to the sanatorium. So, like, psychological issues were not you know, well-received at that time. Okay, so we've established that. We, we've got that. Now we're, we're talking 20 years later, 1980. We've got Valentine's Bluffs. They still celebrate Valentine's Day because, you know, no one bans Valentine's Day. No no one was like, you know, people died on Valentine's Day, so let's get rid of it. Well, and everybody's Catholic, too. Yeah. Um, and so we've got a town that is named Valentine's Bluffs. That celebrates Valentine's Day. I mean, it makes sense. You know, if you were going to market your town, that was what that you know. If you, if your if your town's name was Christmas Town, would you you would definitely celebrate all, Christmas. All I can think of now is just George Lucas when he's trying to explain uh, his writing, like for like the prequels. He's like it's rhyming it's poetry. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I can think of. Like, well, obviously, instead of naming the town something less conspicuous for this film, like you know, just like. Harper's Bluff or something like that. Like, it's gotta be Valentine's Bluff. Valentine's Bluff. Because the, the film's on, focused on Valentine's it Day. It is. It's rhyming. It's so, so you definitely are gonna have a Valentine's Day party. Now, if we think back to what happened with... Um, fuck! Syracuse lost! God damn it! <laughs> We're thinking about podcasting that instead. But anyway. So... You know, you have Valentine's Bluffs. You're going to celebrate Valentine's Day with a Valentine's Day party. Now, the party corresponds with, you know, it happened back 20 years ago when Harry Warden was blown up in his mind. You have this character, this this Harry Warden, who no one seems to know what happened to him. Because, you know... <laughs> Asylums, they didn't keep good records back then. Apparently, the, Apparently not. Cause the, cause like, the, the, the cop calls, he's like, hey, is Harry Warden around? Like, ah, we'll get back to you in a couple of yeah. days. We gotta look through the we're flat. Not, we're not sure. We gotta look through the microfiche. Uh, but he could be dead. He could be transferred or, you know, he could still be here. We're not even sure. Um, so you have this Valentine's Day party. 
And you have Harry Warden, who may or may not be dead. He may or may not be in asylum. He could be free for any, all anybody knows. Um, he's still harboring a grudge on people that celebrate Valentine's, celebrate Valentine's Day, despite the fact that no one actually in Valentine's Bluffs at this time had anything to do with his Valentine's Day problem back 20 years ago. So we have a, a, a cyclical event that's happening, and people seem to know about it. I mean, people yeah, know that Harry Warden returns every Valentine's all, all, Day. All, all, all of the older people As know. As a legend, yeah. Yeah, but the kids, even though it's... Which is one of the things that's always kind of annoying me about films like this. Even like something like Star Wars. Like It's only been 20 years after certain events, and people are like, ah, that's just legend. I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like with Star Wars. Like One of the things that's always bugged me about Star Wars is... The original Star Wars only takes place like 30 years after the prequels, and Han Solo's like, oh, the Force and the Jedi, that's all just hoopla and myth. And it's like, the, the war that happened with the Jedi that led them to be, like, destroyed happened, like, 30 fucking... Nobody... You would have been born. You don't... You have no... <laughs> never infor- heard of it you never heard... Like, you have no information, like, or know what the Force... Like, you know... So, like, that's, like, the same thing with this film. It was, like, only been 20 years since. Yep. So those kids, which, by the way, those teens... Look nothing like teens. <laughs> they look like they're all at our, our age, basically. Yeah. It's it's like, how do you not know this person died? You would have been like five years old. You would have been like, oh yeah, I remember hearing that on CBC back in the day. <laughs> you know, Tom Galpin telling me about how some crazy guy ran around with an axe. So you've got you've got Harry Warden, who's apparently you know he's still mad. He's he's still angry that. A mine exploded on accident. It happened accidentally. Well, it was be, a well, fucking to be, methane. To be, to be fair, his two bosses instead of checking the methane levels, they they left. They left to go to the Valentine's. They Day left. Dance. They left. Um, so he's already killed those people. He's already lashed out. He's gotten his revenge. But that's not that's not the end of it for for him in my bloody Valentine. Harry Warden also needs to get revenge on anybody that ever celebrates Valentine's Day. And he's also, he's got to um, not allow anybody to ever celebrate Valentine's Day again. And the whole thing, really, I mean, if you think about the whole legend, it's really made up specifically for My Bloody Valentine to have a, a, a myth attached to it. Because that was like the thing with slasher films. You know, you have Friday the 13th, who, when you get to the end of the film, you can definitely see why, you know, Pamela Voorhees has this issue with Camp Crystal Lake. I mean, she she's obviously mentally unstable. And she's, she's attributing sexuality and camp counselors to her son's death. And so there's definitely some sort of... Even though it's stretched, I mean, I agree. I, I, I think that the psycholog- psychological aspect of that is stretched to some degree, but I think it makes sense. My Bloody Valentine, on the other hand, when it's offering you its legend of Harry Warden, doesn't really make sense. The The whole thing, you know, why he would come back 20 years later to, you know, do, you know, you know, terrorize this town again for celebrating its Valentine's Day party that has nothing to do with 
his explosion and even the town digging him out. It's not like yeah. they left him there and were like, you know, he's down there. I don't know what we're going to do about fuck, it. Yeah, you know, fuck fuck it. Just leave him there. I don't know. He's probably dead. Let's just <laughs> leave him there. They dug for six weeks, apparently. They dug, they dug for they, six they weeks. They spent they, a lot they, of time. They spent their time. You know, they, you could probably hear them digging with their pigsties. We're coming, Harry. We're coming. <laughs> we're, we're fucking digging as fast as we can. I know. Well, that, that, that shut, I say that would have shut down the mine for, you know, yeah. six weeks. And that's a lot of good hard economic dollars yeah, the town would exactly. have been losing. I mean, it's not like they were just you know <laughs> they're just leaving him. I mean, they dug for six weeks. The guy, they, they did what they could. What what did he expect? You know, that's so. Anyway, I I long story short, I think that yes, they they exaggerate the myth a little bit. I, I don't think it really makes sense. But when you think about the ending, when it actually turns out to be Axel, the myth doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't it's even, a MacGuffin. Yeah, it's a MacGuffin, and not only that, but like when Axel's running away, he's like, "Oh, we'll come back for you." Like, the fuck is he even talking about? Yeah, and it's just him being like the ramblings of a crazy man. Yeah, and why did he go crazy? Oh, because he saw his dad. Because it doesn't even make so much sense that he went crazy. Because at the the ending shows him going crazy because he saw his father get killed by Harry Warden. But at the end of the day, it doesn't even make much sense because throughout the entire film, he like acts as a sane person. He has no real signs of having a disturbance. Yeah, not only that, but no character seems to remember that his father was killed by Harry Warden. Which yeah, everyone would remember dad. because, again, happened only 20 years ago. And not only that, he which would make him... Because he was, looks like he's like... 20, 24, 25. Yeah. yeah. yeah and not, like so not only that, everyone would remember that and not only would they remember that, they because they've all known him forever. They would know if he had like like at least a little something wrong, wrong with him. him. Yeah, yeah. And and the fact that it takes place in a small town, it's not like he's in New York City. Like, oh, your dad got killed. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't it's think. it's in a town like of like twelve hundred people. Like, oh, I didn't know his dad got killed. Well, that's the funny thing about the reveal at the end is because you know the the mayor who you know, basically knows everything about everybody. It's a really small town. Everybody knows everybody here. Kind of, at the end, once they bring up that it was Axel, he kind of has this revelation He's that's like, just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Axel's dad was killed after Valentine's Day by Harry Warden. You know, it's something that maybe our cops should have known before <laughs> the investigation <laughs> took place. Uh, you know... It which 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 which, which, the- which the cop was like yeah I knew it was him after, after I got a phone call that said Harry's been dead for five years it's like wow what a good cop you are you you incompetent buffoon like <laughs> yeah I mean it would have been nice to have warned everybody about that before you thought it could be a guy that was in a mental institution like, who no died why, five years no ago. wonder why Dewey and the Scream movies is such a fucking idiot because it's pe- like people like him it's like well the cops gotta be incompetent <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> um we I did take notes I normally we kind of just do this off the cuff. We kind of just, you know, we watch the movie, we bring it up as we go through the podcast, but I did take notes, not copious notes, but I did take some notes. And, uh, one of the, one of the things that we really looked at, Oh yeah. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, 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 and not to be offensive, just to, just to bring up how funny it is that, you know, as Americans, we notice this so much. 
is the Canadian accent within My Bloody Valentine, because you don't even have to see the credits to know that this was filmed in Canada. <laughs> Uh, and, and Michael Tatlock, uh, uh, from, from the mind of Tatlock, I, I don't want to, I don't want to seem offensive. I don't want to say, that, you know, that you guys have, you know, crazy accents or anything like that, but we definitely just notice it. And I asked you today, uh, if you're what listening, is, what is this, this is my, yeah, this is my it, friend who's also a horror blogger from the mind of Tatlock. Definitely check him out. I was going to say, um, well, when people hear our accent, like, I'm sure if, yeah, if, they're not, yeah. if they're not from the Adirondack oh, oh, region, yeah. they say we sound like a bunch of slow hillbillies. Uh, I would say so. I would definitely say. Uh, I just want to bring up that, you know, he said that he can't hear yeah, the yeah. Canadian accent. And it's just so funny because we definitely can. I mean, you can hear it like clearly to us. Oh, especially TJ. Especially TJ oh. and, and Axel. Axel yeah. has a has a clear accent as well. And, and some of the girls, but they're not really main characters. But TJ and Axel definitely have those Canadian accents. And I'm, so... I, as, as I was saying, the film should have been named There's a Moose, Moose, the Moose. <laughs> the Moose said. Um, so we just took notes of the Canadian accents that we heard. like, And this was it could have been within the same characters' lines. It could have been you know, from different characters. We took notes of like when they were really noticeable. And we came up with, let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 times within My Bloody Valentine. Pro- and probably, a lot, and and probably, probably more that we missed as we were you know, talking about it. 35 times where we really noticed the Canadian accent. I mean, like, noticeable. And it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. No, I I don't mean it to be offensive. But but at the same time, it is is part of the enjoyment of the film for me, just listening to, like... Because at times, it almost... I mean, it almost sounds like it's exaggerated. Because, I I mean, I've heard, like... Yeah. It's not like it's the first Canadian thing or anything like that I've ever seen, but it seems like at times, like... Because it almost sounds like at times, like, it's stereo... Like, like South Park doing, like, a stereotype of a Canadian accent. Like, well, yeah, you know, oh, oh, don't go down to the mine tonight. There's going to be someone down there that's, you know... Put your buddy in the woods. Yeah, I mean, I mean, TJ definitely, you know, it sounds very exaggerated. Axel as well. But then you have characters like the sheriff... Who really doesn't have that much of an accent at all? Low, low rent James Coburn yes. slash Charles Bronson. Yes. So you have those characters, and it's just you know it's just funny to us that you know we can notice that so apparently, and and probably other people don't. And and you know like I I talked to to Michael before, and he doesn't notice the Canadian accent as well. And he said um, that it was actually filmed not that far from where he lives, so probably just a common mm. dialect yeah, yeah. in there. So. Just a really interesting aspect of My Bloody Valentine. And actually, a lot of slasher films were Canadian at that time. Well, he said it wasn't it was, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Or... Uh, was it Canadian? I'm not really sure. I can't remember. I, I can't remember that. I think there was one. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're just talking about My Bloody Valentine. But this yeah. one would be either watching Silent Night, Deadly Night, or... I did mention My or, Bloody Valentine's Canadian accent. Or, accent but, uh, or Black Christmas. I can't remember that. I thought you said one of them were uh, Canadian, but maybe you were talking about... I, like, well, wait till you watch My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, it's, I think that was it. I think I said wait till you watch My Bloody Valentine because you can definitely notice the accent here. Um... But, yeah, I mean, it's just funny to, to notice that. The other thing that we really wanted to bring up, I mean, we already bring it up, brought it up a little bit, uh, Moosehead Beer. This is totally... <laughs> plastered all over. Yeah, plastered throughout <laughs> the film. You got cases of Moosehead Beer. You got Moosehead Beer neon signs on the wall. You got everybody drinking Moosehead Beer. Randy Quaid walking around with a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's just... It, I, I 
it made me want to try Moosehead beer. I'm uh, sure I'm it tastes like a fucking Molson or a Labatt. I would say which, so. Which, which is, seeing as you've been sworn off a Labatt since our friend's wedding, uh, probably wouldn't taste that good to you. Probably not. But I know Hannaford sells it. Moosehead? Yeah. Really? Yes. I've never seen it. Yeah, they, they have it there. And I, I, and not, TJ, maybe I just haven't noticed it. And TJ's does too. Well, I'll have to get some then, because I, I definitely got to try it now that, that we've seen it so often. Because it comes in like now, like instead of like, because you know... In, in the, the thin cans? It, yeah, it's got like the... No, not cans. It doesn't. Like the, the bottles, like a stubby bottle. Oh, like, stubby bottles. Like yep. uh, Jenny used to do. Yep. And the top to it's like a thick, thick cap. Like, it's mm. not like a tiny cap, but it's like a... It's a big... Yeah, big, thick cap that... Definitely have to try it. Also, we've got uh, this special guest appearance at the beginning of the film. I, I brought this up when we first started watching. I don't feel like in a film you can have a special guest appearance. It's not a TV show where like you got your main characters that are in every single episode, and then all of a sudden you've got this one guy that shows up one episode. That the crowd goes, Woo! Yeah, 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 this is not this is not that type of thing. I mean, you have a film and the person is either in it or they're, or they're not. not in it. It's not a guest appearance. And you know, I agree. It's, it's kind of like they were trying to one-up the whole, like, introducing, you know. It's like, wait, we got this guy! And yeah. it's like... And when you see who, like, the special guest appearance is like, who the hell is that? <laughs> who? Yeah. It's like it's like either they're in it or they're not in it. And, you know, you don't have either or there. Um, but I think, um, you know, the other thing that we wanted to bring up was that uh, there are no women allowed in this mine. <laughs> Because that was acceptable in the eighties. It was acceptable at the time. It was. You know, you can you can say, you know, only men down there. Because women get dusty vaginas or something like that. You know Were they eating that no like no women allowed chocolate down there too? Like you yeah. know, like you know, the Nestle bars from like Russia yeah. or Poland that was like, No women eat chocolate Yeah. You know, they're not allowed down there because there thing there's stuff down there that they just can't it's like it's their like lady, bits can't, yeah. lady bits can't yeah. handle definitely the dust can, down there. Definitely can't handle it. They, Which is weird because when you think about it, it's like, well they're going down there to have sex, so Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna shove a dick that's been dusty <laughs> in there. So It's a chip it's a chimney sweeper. <laughs> Speaking of, a guy in this film definitely has a chimney sweeper. <laughs> for a mustache. Oh yeah, I think he has a. That's the most glorious a, a thing about beautiful him. mustache. Womb broom <laughs> has a beautiful mustache. That's and, what I, I want mine to get that. Thing. If I could ever grow a stash that thick, I would definitely have a. Oh yeah, handlebar mustache. Why like not? That. Why not is the question. I mean, he and he handles himself well too. I mean, he breaks up a fight. He's a miner. He drinks. He, yeah, he drinks. He he uh, leads the tour down in the mine. He's I mean, jolly. He's got everything. Yeah, he's jolly. Well, he dies. Well, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead as well. <laughs> but he puts up a good fight. He, he lasts for most of the the film. So, and then the last thing that I noted was that you know you've got just like in Friday the Thirteenth, you've got your your old timer, random old timer in a bar, telling you about this legend. And Friday Thirteenth's got the same thing. I mean, it's got a guy. I, you, I think the best film that has an old timer telling you the legend is a uh, a certain pet cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to go down that road. Yeah, 
You got you got your your old timer that's that's telling you the legend, and your teenagers who are just not listening to they're it. They're like, they literally go, yeah, to it, literally, and they're gonna hold their party anyway. So, um, so I think really we got to talk about the violence a little bit because this was a censored film. Uh, it did have about probably about I mean three minutes of real violence that was cut from it, and. You said during the movie that you didn't really think that it was... It, I mean, it was tame, really. Compared, compared, to, compared by today's standards, yeah. yeah, it's very tame. But looking back at, like, how, like, the eight... Like, especially the early 80s were with, like, violence. Then, like, with... Then, yeah, I could see why it would get cut, like, head decapitation. Yeah, and, I think the reason was not because of the violence itself. Because a lot of that violence is not explicitly shown happening it's after the it's the after bath what what is really cut from it is the fact that it's so brutal you you have you know it's not just like someone was sliced with a pickaxe it's like someone was sliced through the eye with a pickaxe or someone was, was shoved yeah, onto yeah. a pipe and then water was was <laughs> pumped through their mouth you know it's not you don't just have like the 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 actual act of killing you have like the kind of desecration of the body as well that that comes with it and i think that was the major problem with what my bloody valentine had showing um not only that but you have like kind of the corkscrewed bodies together which actually it was not new to the slasher film you got it in friday the 13th kevin bacon kevin bacon yep mm-hmm. pretty footloose mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got, um, and then before, even before Friday the 13th, you've got uh, Mario Bava's Bay of Blood or, you know, Twitch of the Death Nerve. They they, they do the very similar things. So um, not a new thing to the slasher genre, but I think because of the brutality of it, they were like, let's censor this. We gotta, we gotta cut this out. Well, so. at the same time, as I said, like, if they, like, because we had, like, with, we watched it with the three minutes of added added uh, footage that more, like like you said, doesn't really show the killings happening, but nope. the aftermath, um, it's more like, because I haven't seen, like, it's the first time I've seen it, so I haven't seen, like, the original cuts. Like, then how the hell did they get across, you know, the killings? If they the could actual... If they didn't show, like, the aftermath or the actual killings of it, mm-hmm. and you said, like, just character reaction shots. I, I would say and, it. And, and, if that, and if that's the case, like, man, this film would have been even more fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't have all that <laughs> ass, yeah. If you just show, like, oh, no, like... Like, the person doesn't, you know, there's the dead body, but you don't show the dead body and what happened to it. You just show the person screaming. It's like, I mean, I know I've said before, you know, sometimes less is more and, like, Mm -hmm. leading up to the imagination. But And, like, this kind of film in that situation, no, you got to show something. Because if it's just every time somebody's dead and you show just, like, a character reaction shot, it's like, well, who cares? I don't know what happened. And especially, again, as I said, you have no real... Emotional connection to the characters in this film. So overall, if you you're left like, well, who cares? Well, I think that's part of like the appeal of slasher films because no, especially with, like the Saw films and whatnot. It's like, well, who the hell cares who's in that film? They're all gonna die. I'm here to see you know the gore show. And I get that's kind of the appeal with the slasher film. It's just yeah, you know, they kind of purposely for the most part make everybody an asshole and stupid and idiot. So you can just pick. Like, oh, I can't wait for them to die. Yeah, and I mean. 
if you, you know, I would say that the cuts for this one were even more extreme than, say, things like um, Arrow Video's release of The Mutilator, which just came out uh, this Tuesday, actually. The Mutilator has, you know, quite a few extreme kills. Um, the cuts that were made to it were the brutal aspects of it, like uh, getting a fish hook in the vagina. I mean, you know, those are the ones that were cut from it. And so that's like a little more extreme than seeing someone get a pickaxe to the chest and then taking out the heart. Mm-hmm. That's like br- more brutal than, you know. Yeah. So it, those I can see as like something in the 80s that were cut from the film. But but for My Bloody Valentine, yeah, I mean, the br- bruta- brutality of it... Um, I can see, you know, like turning on the water with when the pipe is in her mouth and things like that. But, but other than that, you know, a lot of the cuts were, I think, predicated on that, you know, the br- brutal aspect of it rather than the actual violence that's shown. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just interesting to know where we were within censorship and where we are now because clearly that's not the case with a lot of our films. And we, I mean, we still deal with censorship. Uh, a little bit, especially maybe not so much in, well, you know, in the United States as well. But I think just recently there was a UK uh, um, uh, censorship rating and and someone was uh, uh, opposed to it. So they submitted like a ridiculous, like 12 hour video of paint drying or something like that, that the censorship board had to watch, have to watch for their job just because... And so it was like a, a statement to, you know, how ridiculous censorship sometimes can be. So, Well, I mean, to be fair, a 12-hour video of paint drying would be considered like neo-art, uh, avant-garde uh, art. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. I, I, it might even have been longer than that. I, I, I feel like I shortened it. I think it's even longer than that. So, but it's just, <clears throat> it's just interesting to see where censorship was, um, especially in the 80s. When you had those cuts that were forced to be made to films like My Bloody Valentine, where you wouldn't even get an R rating, you'd get an X rating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I think we've come a long way, um, but uh, you know, definitely still some work to do on that front before things are, re- you know, well, you can still show all the sex and nudity you want, but you know, the violence is really where we draw a line here. Well, it's just funny because in today it's like you can show all the violence and shit you want, but like titties, well, thank you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I actually, I think that um, just recently that new American Crime Story, uh, the the uh, O.J. Simpson trial, I think they had a uncensored f bomb on there. Well, that's not FX though. FX. Is yeah, like, but they generally don't. I, I think... know, but FX is like since kind of for quite almost a decade now, like with because like with Nip Talk and the Riches and stuff. Yeah. They, they were like one of the first channels I can remember with that, that when uh, when it came to like the, especially their late night shows like the Shield too. Yeah. Like, they would say shit and they, which you know I th- I which think... would, which wouldn't get by. Yeah. And now today it's kind of it's more lenient because like I'll see South Park reruns, which like shocks the hell out of me. I never would have thought like I mean I know South Park's popular and I love it too, which I never would have thought like. Watching it when it first came out as a kid, like, oh, this shit's gonna be airing on like eight, like five o'clock TV. <laughs> it is now, and they're like, they don't censor out shit. It's like they still they say shit. Yeah. And like ten years ago, it totally would have been unthinkable. But I think FX was one of the first kind of channels that kind of like, no, we're gonna have it uncensored. 
Yeah. So I remember seeing like Nip Tuck and yeah. the Riches and they had the only word they really censored out was fuck. Yeah. And I think this is even a step further now. I mean, because you're right. FX has been, you know, one of the you know the um leaders in showing more uh, uncensored television, especially when it comes to you know nudity and saying shit. Mm-hmm. Um but fuck is generally not one that they've allowed. Um there's been a couple times. I mean, we've seen it in Breaking Bad. They did there was like one or two times where fuck was actually spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh and and I don't think it's a written rule where a TV MA show cannot say fuck, but I think it's just been for the most part, I think they a get taboo. That I they think don't. they get like a certain fine from the FCC. It could be, it could be, but I, I mean, I think that that's a step in the right direction because you've got a TV MA show, you've got it on. It's you know, it's on a higher channel. It's on at ten o'clock. A if, lot yeah, of no, if, if like, you know, I totally agree. If, if if it's in the show and it's like MA, then. Yeah. They, should, they should be able to say it and show. That's like why when I play like Grand Theft Auto and I hear like 12-year-old kids playing, it's like, one, infuriates me because it's like, I gotta play with a fucking 12-year-old who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. But two, it's like, parents knew what the hell they were getting into. Yeah. Granted, I played GTA when I was like that age too. And Mortal Kombat, like when I played Mortal Kombat, I was like four years old when it first came out. And it's like, well, parent, my parents should have been smart enough to be like, no, you can't play that. So, I mean, I it's more, like, for me, it's a parenting thing. Like, if you don't want your kids to be exposed to something like that, then do your job as a parent, which I know isn't going to be perfect. You can't stop your kids from seeing everything like that but, mm-hmm. or playing things like that. But don't leave it to the content creators. If yeah. the show, like, if there's a certain situation in the show... And it requires a character, you know, screaming fuck or saying fuck, then, you know, let them do it without, like, repercussions. Because yeah. I think, I think as, I think as adults, if you're listening, we all, or even like a teenager, we all know, like, if you're in a certain situation, you're pissed off saying, like, oh, hamburgers isn't going to cut it. You need to say something, like, <laughs> vitriolic, like, you know, like, fuck! And it just makes, it's cathartic, it makes, you know. <laughs> I wish people said, oh, hamburgers more often, though, I do. Well, well being, be great. like, butters from South Park, like, oh, hamburgers! Hamburgers. But, I mean, like, that's, yeah. like, that's my point, but, because like, yeah. I agree, like, I don't, I don't, censorship, to, like, to me, to me is, like a, like, a big thing. I don't like, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like, wa- like, you know, I always, as a kid, would always get annoyed, like, watching, uh, certain movies on TV, well, yeah. and, and you see them, like, it's, like, we're, like, one of the most famous uh, examples is like Scarface when it was on aired on TV for like the first time and, so, and you got Al Pacino when he's in the uh, police office and he's talking about like why is he in America what happened and like oh, hey how'd you get that scar on your face and instead of saying like oh I got it from eating pussy he's like oh I got it from eating pineapple <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen yeah. I've never heard of that before yeah no that's, like there's like really you know funny. and there's cuts like and like edits to like film and censorship to films like that on TV all the time and it's, yeah and it's like even as a kid I mean, that's watch, hilarious even, even as a kid watching it's like that does not make any I got it from eating <laughs> I mean it does make a certain amount of sense well, if oh, they didn't cut the, the skin <laughs> off the pineapple I mean if you if you were like I don't know how to I don't know how to cut this pineapple. I'm just going to eat it. And yeah, I guess you could get a. Sk- yeah, but that is funny. I've never heard that before. That that's yeah, like, funny. like YouTube, like uh, Scarface censorship, <laughs> and like see, like like all like the stuff. That is very cause, funny because when that Eric that that movie has a lot of f bombs oh, yeah. in it, 
you, you know, they have a, a shit ton of, like, edits like that. You're like, what? That makes no That's just ridiculous. Uh, that was part of the reason why I didn't watch Dexter when it was airing on, I think it was NBC that they were airing, like, edited versions of Dexter. Oh, uh, that wouldn't... Would it be NBC? Because isn't Showtime owned by uh, ABC? I, I don't know. I don't remember what it was on, but they were airing edited versions of Dexter, and I kind of stopped watching because it was like, I know this isn't, you know, the I know I'm not thing. seeing the actual thing, and it kind of just it bothers me as a completionist part of it. You know, yeah, part of you didn't miss much anyway because Dexter's okay. Yeah, so I, I've only <laughs> seen the few first few episodes of Dexter, but I stopped watching it because I was like, you know, what's the point? Why don't I just watch it when it's unedited? So. But, yeah, like I was saying, it's it's interesting to see, you know, what happened to My Bloody Valentine, how it got cut, how we're still, you know, really missing some of the, the, the scenes from My Bloody Valentine, even if they are just dialogue-driven mm-hmm. or exposition. So, um, very interesting to see what censorship does to films, especially when they're, they were in the 80s like that. So, but uh, I guess on a scale of... Uh, one to ten hearts, because there are a multitude of hearts within My Bloody Valentine. What, what would you give it? Where, where would it fall? Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Fifty percent. Just below... Half a heart. <laughs> Just below what? Just below uh, passing, I guess. Because okay. six, six out of ten would be passing for me. And, and what did you give, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night? I gave it, like, a six or a seven. Okay, so you so you definitely you would put Silent Night Deadly Night above My Bloody Valentine. I think so. I Pretty much just because I can't, of the I can't remember what I gave it if I gave it. Yeah, you know, yeah I can't remember. Well, that, yeah, the warm side of the door is growing on me. I re- like more and more each day, but but I can't I can't remember exactly. And somebody might have to correct me. And they might say like, you asshole, you gave that movie a three out of ten. Yeah, I can't. If, if, and if I did, then my well, you, I you don't because you said you don't. You you rarely give under four. I, actually, I think you gave it a 5 out of 10, if I remember. I, I don't know. It was somewhere around there. I, I, like I said, I yeah. can't remember, but if I, if I look back, I might have... See, that's the one thing I don't like about, like, like reviewing films, because I start to question myself. Yeah, like, you're, like, trying to put it into a, a context. context. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like, it, I would say, if I did give it uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night a 5, I'd say, yeah, it is a 5, but I think it's still a better film than this one. I think... Yeah, I think te- I don't, I want to say technically speaking, I think this is a better made film. Mm-hmm. I think the quality of like the direction of it's better. Like the for the most part, it just looks like a better film than Silent Night Deadly Night. Just looks nowhere near as like cheap and chintzy. Yeah, uh, it's, like I said, we didn't really mention it with the the killer. He, I love the suit, yeah. like, that, that miner's uniform. That that that's great. That's mm-hmm. that that uh, very. Um, re- it resonates. It's it's very like I, it, to me. That's like something that should become like I, as iconic as uh, Michael Myers' like jumpsuit or Jason Voorhees' jumpsuit. It's it's even more creative than because like Jason Voorhees is like look is basically a ripoff of Halloween, except instead of a Shatner mask, he's wearing a hockey mask. And mm-hmm. th- but this one's like a lot more elaborate with uh, his mask and the and gas the, mask yeah. and the helmet and but. I would say I think the plot in this one isn't as good as Silent Night Deadly Night. Even though Silent Night Deadly Night's plot's crap, I would say that's got at least some camp value to it. More so, like this one's kind of played a little bit more straight than Silent Night Deadly Night. So I think yeah, it 
the fact that Silent Night, Deadly Night's more campy makes it more tolerable okay. and more yeah. like and more interesting. Even though I'm not like the biggest camp fan, I think it just it lends to the lends to the film. And I think this one, I mean, there's nothing really noteworthy about it except the killer being looking cool and the Canadian accents. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I like it uh, less than. Like Silent Night, Deadly Night, and my um, and Black Christmas. Well, I'd say I'd say Black Christmas yeah. is much much. Oh yeah, both yeah. Of them, but it, but I do still enjoy it. Um, I mean, it's it's just funny because you know you haven't seen a lot of the slasher films of the of the era, so you're trying to um, trying to introduce you to them all. You know, it it gets worse from here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it gets worse from here. So. It's it's funny because I think as we kind of pursue uh, the horror films and slasher films, you know, watching some of the other ones, you'll see like, wow, actually, my boy Valentine wasn't as bad <laughs> as some of these. So, um, well, it's like you said, like give it like a five because it's not, it's yeah, not, it's not. Even though I like for me a six out of ten is passing because I kind of go on like a, yeah. a schoolyard uh, grading scale. A 5 out of 10 still, for the most part, at least when it comes to movies, maybe not so much as anime. I think anime, like, I kind of, if a 5 out of 10 is kind of crap, near crap, and a 6 out of 10 is just, you know, a solid passing grade. Mm-hmm. I think, like, with this one, yes, it's a 5 out of 10 for me, but it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's a film I kind of have no opinion on, to be honest. It's just, yeah, it's just there. Where, where for me, like, a 5 out of 10 for, like, anime, might be like, well, this is kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. Not total shit, but it's crappy. Because I know, like, with some things, like, even, like, a 4 out of 10 with anime, I'm like, this is shit. And then, like, when it comes to, like, 3 out of 10, like, a 2 out of 10, it's like, this is, this is fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like a 4, like, if I gave, like, anything, like, a 4 out of 10 film-wise, I'd be like, yeah, this is bad. And then, like, for, like, a 3 out of 10, it's like, this is shit. And then, like, mm-hmm. if I got to, like, a 2 out of 10, I'm like, this is fucking garbage. Like, yeah. But like you said, I like to me this. I have really no, and I think this is kind of where maybe my film scale is kind of more like a five out of ten is like an average score. Because like I said, this I like I have no real thoughts about it. I thought mm. I watched it. It is a film that I kind of was wa- looking at my phone sometimes. Like how long is this going? You know, mm-hmm. how long? So I was kind of bored throughout because it is kind of sl- it is slow. Mm-hmm. But. At the end of it, like, was I, like, mad about anything or, like, find it, like, to be total shit? No. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Good to know. Would it, would it interest... It would, this would not interest me to go out and watch more, like, slasher films. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... That's... That's... That's good to know, because... This would not be an introduction... If you're, like, a horror... Like, yeah. If you're a horror fan trying to get somebody into, like, slasher films... No, no. This would not be... This show. would not be one of the top, yeah. like... Three films to show. I mean, obviously, I'd be like Halloween, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and then I don't know what the third one. Yeah, Scream, but I mean, Scream is kind of a yeah parody. So a, I don't, I don't a, know a if I count that slasher. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see like what you think of movies like The Burning or um, Popcorn, The Mutilator. Um, pieces when I get that. Maybe we'll take a look at that from Grindhouse. Um, just to see, you know, how those fit into your spectrum of, like, what slasher movies are. Because they all have their 
similarities and they have their differences and and it's no one reacts the same to a slasher film everybody has their own preferences mm-hmm. as to what they are so i mean i i wanted the uh, fright rags t-shirt for my bloody valentine and i did get it for valentine's day so that was really great um so i have i now have Harry Warden, the minor on my. Well, like I said, like t- like that to me is like that's iconic. That's one of the things I take yeah. away that I really like. I, li- I like the design of the killer. I think that was really cool, and I think they actually could have done more with that. I think one of the flaws too of the film is you don't really get to see the killer that much, and it's very yeah, that's true. It, he's in it not a long time, and he's shots of him are very sparse. It's only until the end when him and TJ are in like a a really shitty uh, sword fight type deal with a shovel and a pickaxe yeah. that you get to see him. But I think they could have made him out to be a lot more menacing and creepy, but they opted for the whole, he's in the shadows and you don't see him in- until he kills somebody. Well, maybe you'd prefer the uh, the remake of My Bloody Valentine then because it's it's less slow, It's it's got a lot more action to it, and you do see a lot more of the minor and... More of a psychological aspect to is it like the, Halloween's the villain. Is so. it like Halloween's remake, like uh, psych psychology? Like, oh, why why is Michael Myers so evil? Like, oh, his dad was a drunk uh, and his his mom's a whore. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not really. I mean, <laughs> is that? I mean, are we gonna are we gonna watch that next time? Is that is that what we we're can do, do that next time? I mean, we're gonna do that next time. I do have I have that one, so I mean, we can watch that next time. I will say that when I, I saw it, and I saw it in theaters, and I did not see the 3D version of it, I saw the 2D. I was really pissed about that, for one thing. I went to Johnstown, and they did yep. not have well, the, they had the 2D. They did not have the 3D. I was very pissed. I was like, fuck. I really want to see the 3D version of it. So she just went to the Emerald. So that could have tainted my, my viewing of it anyway. But I, I was a very... Uh, unimpressed viewer. I gave it a scathing review when I when I did review it because I, I did have the blog at that time. Uh, so I gave it a scathing review. Uh, and I have seen it like maybe once since then and I don't think I really liked it that much but I think I had... I, I don't a think I was paying better, attention. But... I think I was like making out during it or something. So I, I don't remember. <laughs> but... Um, so it'll be interesting to watch it again and see, you know, what I think about it this time because I, I can't. I mean, I I do have some uh, memories of it, but I I don't remember it that well. It's been a while since I've seen it, so it'll be interesting to watch it actually back to back and see what happens. So I think we may do that next time. We may do the remake next time and see see what uh, what we thought about it. So. That'd be interesting to do. Um, maybe we'll become like the remake brigade, and we'll just you know watch the original and watch the remake and decide see, whether, see how yeah, see how they which, hold up. Which together. one's actually better? Yeah, I'll give you a hint. Most of the time, it's the original. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we'll probably will do that next time, probably next week. I would say um, we we were absent for a little while. Uh, as I said, it was because Martin was had. PS4, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll. I think we'll be back next week and we'll do the the My Bloody Valentine remake. So sounds good. Um, as we end every uh, Blood and Black Run podcast, definitely more time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put us out there at least. Um, you can well, ask. Just, us- say, just wait till we get sponsors because. Every podcast that I watch, for the most part, has sponsors. I like, hope, for the, and, and for the first ten minutes, it's them just saying like all their sponsors. Like, so I think uh, this place and that place. Uh, I know because of them, we get to do this. And, we, and if you do this, you get this free uh, app. And we if, should write Jenny, <laughs> have them sponsor us. Um, so, 
add us on SoundCloud. We are on SoundCloud, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Just type us in, search for us. That's where our podcasts first go up. So when we do that, SoundCloud is our RSS feed. So you'll see our SoundCloud uh, podcast first. That's where our episodes like start out. So add us there, and you'll you'll get the episode right when it goes up. Uh, and then also, you know, like all of our episodes to everybody on season and share them. But then after that, uh, we also our RSS feed goes to iTunes as well. So if you you know you listen on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you'll get us probably the next day. I would say after after the podcast goes up, it goes up like maybe you know twelve hours after that. So you'll get us on iTunes as well. So subscribe to us there as well. And then also we're on Facebook, and I always post an update on Facebook. Red Blood and Black Rum Podcast on Facebook. Um, like us, tag us and stuff. Tell us what you want to see. Uh, I respond on the Facebook page. Martin doesn't really have anything to do with that. He doesn't do social media stuff, but but I I normally do that. Um, and then also we're also up on like Stitcher. We don't really use that that much. That's more of like a you know our RSS RSS feed goes to that as well, so you can listen on there. Um, if you use Stitcher for any reason. You know what? Uh, you can follow us on that, and then also you can always tweet me at Ryan R Y N E T M I A D W, and I'll that's my main Twitter account. But I I also do Blood and Black Run podcasts from there, so you can tweet me, tell us anything you want to know, uh, or anything you want us to cover, and then also you can email us at Blood and Black Run Podcast at gmail and tell us what you want us to cover next because. Um, while I am enjoying putting Martin through the ropes of uh, Slasher 101, um, there's tons of other stuff that we can cover. You've seen us cover uh, different genres before, uh, subgenres really. Uh, we've you know we've done horror, we've done slasher, we've done uh, western, we've done Japanese yakuza, we've done quirky Wes Anderson, quirky Wes Anderson films. Um, we can really do anything that you want to see. So let us know. And we're always open to stuff that we've never seen. We, we may not be, you know, well-versed in, well-familiar with. Um, we're always interested in stepping outside of those boundaries. So uh, definitely let us know if there's something else that you want us to see covered. Uh, and we'll, we'll definitely take that into consideration. Um, other than that, thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time on Blood and Black Rum Podcast for the My Bloody Valentine remake, which has lots of tits, lots of violence, and probably not as good as the original. So thanks for listening.